going to continue our study this morning of O.S. Hawkins' book, The 52 Verses Every, Christ, Every Believer Should Know. And last week we talked from Galatians 2.20, and we talked about how we, we have to consider our past dead, crucified with Christ. Remember, we talked about it in, in terms of uh, if you have a computer, Control-Alt-Delete. Delete your past. Delete it. The shame, the guilt that we carry into today, delete it. Erase the memory. Alter your view of life. It is now Christ living in you and through you. And so alter your view of life. And then give up control and live by faith in Christ. Now, we talked about that last week. And these, the verse we're going to look at today, which you've already read, it was... Uh, it was from Mark, Mark 1.17. verse we're going to look at today tells us what to do with this new life. So it, it follows easily with delete your old life because you've got new life. Now what are you going to do with the new life that you have in Christ? And it tells us in Mark. Now we're going to do this in the way that we have been since the beginning of the year with the study tips. We're going to first look at context. And then we're going to look at, say them with me, so what's, right? So what does this say about God? So what does this say about me? And so what do I need to do now that I know this about God and myself? And then we're going to look at the comfort and the challenge that these, these verses provide us. So let's read. It's Mark chapter 1, and I'm going to read verses 16 through 18. It is up here behind me. As he passed alongside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew, Simon's brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. Follow me, Jesus told them, and I will make you fish for people. Immediately, they left their nets and followed him. So let's first talk about context. The context is, this is the Gospel of Mark. Now, the Gospel of Mark, honestly, uh, it's the Gospel of immediately. Because it immediate, the word immediately is used like 59 times in the entire New Testament, over 40 of them in this book. So this is, the, this is for the ADHD crowd. This, uh, a lot happens. As a matter of fact, before verse 16, we have the baptism of Jesus, the, the temptation of Jesus in the wilderness, John the Baptist being arrested, and then Jesus choosing his disciples. That's where we find ourselves, 15 verses in. So this is the Reader's Digest version of the gospel, you might say. It's, it, it is the gospel of immediately. Now, the second thing is that if you, if you look at Mark, Mark clearly was not familiar with Palestine. Because if you, if you try and track what Mark has to say about where Jesus goes or where the disciples go, and you try and track it on a map, it doesn't make any sense. It's sort of like saying I went from Sholo to Pine Top by way of Snowflake. It just doesn't make sense. And so Mark clearly did not know Palestine well. Mark was not one of the original disciples. Mark ran around with Peter. Uh, all of the early church fathers agreed that Mark is John Mark, and he ran around with Peter. So he knows he was not firsthand witness to the Gospels, to, to Jesus and everything he did and, and taught, but he knew it through Peter. So uh, he, was, he, was, he was in ministry with Peter. So that's the, the overall context and the immediate context, if you'll pardon the pun. 
the immediate context is that Jesus is choosing his disciples. All of this has happened. He's been baptized. He's been he's, uh, led into the wilderness to be uh, tempted. John the Baptist is arrested. Now Jesus is passing by the Sea of Galilee and choosing disciples. And so that's our immediate context. So what, is the, what do these verses tell us about God? The most important thing I think we can take away from these verses is Jesus wants you just as you are, right where you are. I want you to notice that Jesus doesn't go looking for disciples in the yeshiva, which is their, their version of a seminary in that day, similar to a seminary of the day. He didn't go looking in churches. He didn't go in synagogues. He didn't go in, in the seminaries. He went to everyday, everyday guys doing everyday things. You and I are everyday people doing everyday things. And, and Jesus comes to us as we are and where we are. Now, why is that important? Because as Angie was talking about beforehand, we tend to think that we have this thing in our past and we can't be used. These, does Jesus ask about these guys' past? Nope. Does he ask them what their biblical knowledge is? Nope. Does he tell them, well, you got I want you to come follow me, but first I want you to go to church and go to Sunday school for about a year to you know, get your theology right. He just says, follow me. So, we, so Jesus takes us as we are for who we are and where we are. Now, the second thing is that I think God doesn't waste time or experience. You've heard me say that from here before, from this platform before. God never wastes time or experience. What is he asking these fishermen to do? Become fishermen, right? He's asking fishermen to become fishermen. So he, he never wastes time or experience, never. So your past, your experiences, your skills, abilities, gifting is what Jesus wants to use. He never wastes time or experience. He chooses these guys based upon who they are and where they are. Now, it also tells us Jesus wants obedience. He wants obedience. He doesn't say, come follow me once you get some stuff resolved. He doesn't say that you can come and follow me, but, and, and, and you know, if you need a, a week or two to get some things settled first, none of that's there, is it? It is, follow me, and I will make you fishers of people. And what does verse 18 say? Immediately, they dropped their nets and followed him. Jesus wants obedience, and he wants it to be immediate obedience. Delayed obedience is disobedience. Consider for these guys what might have happened had they said, um, yeah, give me a week. Or, you know, I got some stuff I got to settle, so give me a month. That, that's, that's never in this conversation. He just says, follow me, and they follow. Immediately they drop their nets and follow him. Jesus wants our obedience, and delayed obedience is disobedience. Now, he also wants to lead us through this life. Now, I know life is hard. This life is not easy. We face stuff in a week that, that is just 
it's, it's almost criminal sometimes. It is hard. Jesus wants to lead us through it. He wants, he, he's not saying go someplace. He's saying follow me. So he is not walking with you through it. He's leading you through it. He's not following you through it. You're following him through it. He wants to lead us through life. And there's also a pattern set in Scripture that we see here. You think back to the story of Abraham. Abraham was told, leave everything you know, leave your family, your, your, all the stuff you have, and go where I tell you. Look at Moses. Moses gets out of Egypt, goes to Midian. He's now a shepherd. He's got all of his flocks. He's married. He's got kids. And God says, leave all that because you're going to Egypt. Jesus tells these guys who are, who are right there with their boats, right there with their fishing business, working with their nets, he tells them, follow me. Jesus wants you to live your new life. But that means you have to leave your old life. You have to leave your old life behind. It is, we see the pattern set through Scripture, and Jesus just continues it. You cannot, you cannot drag your, old, your past with you. Your, your experiences, your skills, abilities, your, your gifting, all of those things will be valuable to your new life. But you can't drag, you don't add Jesus to the life you're already living. You have new life in Christ and you live this new life by following him. It's really that simple. So what does this say about us? Well, I want to point out again, it says that each and every one of us are called for who we are and for where we are. Every one of you is in ministry. Every single one of you is in ministry. Is he going to call some of you to missions? Possibly. Is he going to call some of you to, to pastor a church? Possibly. Or lead a Sunday school? Or sing in the, in the worship team? Who knows? But he wants who you are, where you are, right now. That's what it says about us. So as you, as you think about, because what do we do in our heads? What we say is we're not good enough. What we say is, is no, I, I, can't, I can't do that. I don't know enough. These guys were called and then taught. God does not call the, the qualified. He qualifies the call. And so they follow him and learn everything they need to know. But they had to follow him first. He doesn't send them to seminary. He doesn't send them to Bible college. He doesn't send them to church or Sunday school to learn something before he fo they follow him. He just calls us to follow him. It says that we are called, every one of us are called into ministry. And I want you to think about these original 12 guys. These original 12 guys changed the world. They changed the world. If you and I will follow Jesus, if we will take up the call that's in this verse and, and follow him, we will be the next world changers. We can change the world. 
He's going to do it through us. Uh, to be theologically correct, he's going to do it through us, but we have to be willing and we have to be obedient. Immediately obedient. When he says, follow me, we say, drop our nets and follow him. So, what do we need to do now that we know this? We need to follow Jesus. We need to follow Jesus. And we need to remember who's in front, right? Because what do we do? We, we decide what we're going to do. And then we ask Jesus to bless it while we do it. That isn't following. I have, I have some news for you. For some of you, it's going to, uh, to, to sting a little bit. Jesus did not call you as an advisor. He called you as a disciple. He wants you to follow him. So we got to remember who's in front, right? <laughs> we got to remember who's in front. Jesus needs to lead us. And we need to be immediate about our obedience. Delayed obedience is disobedience. These guys immediately dropped their nets and followed him. We need to do the same. We need to immediately follow Jesus. Everyone here has been called. Everyone here has a ministry. Everyone here needs to immediately be obedient to following Christ. We need to drop our nets. You know, it's not, not a mistake that it's nets. Because what do nets do? They entangle us. They, they catch us up. That's exactly what our life does, isn't it? We get caught up and entangled in life and then decide we can't follow Jesus or we can't actually do what, Jesus, what we know Jesus is calling us to do. I'm telling you this is the voice of experience. <laughs> this is someone who lived it, who was called into ministry and refused to go because I had other stuff. I was caught up in my nets. We need to immediately drop our nets and follow him. Immediately. And I'll say again, we need to remember who's in front. Follow me does not mean you get to leave. Follow me does not mean, Jesus, we're going this way. Follow me means you're following Christ through life. So let's look at this kind of phrase by phrase. Follow me. This is a, a, it's a radical difference between the Jewish system of, of rabbis and, and disciples and what Jesus does. In the Jewish system of rabbis and, and disciples, the disciples choose the rabbi. The disciples together decide we want this guy as our teacher. Jesus says, I'm your teacher, follow me. He, he, he flips the, the, the system on its ear. And he says, I'm, I'm it, I'm the rabbi, I'm the teacher, follow me. And, <clears throat> and so in telling his disciples, follow me, he's inviting them into his life. They, they literally walked with Jesus everywhere he went. They ate with him, they, they, they drank with him, they slept with him. 
They did everything as, as the Jewish uh, uh, custom is in the dust of the feet of the master. They did everything. They learned after they were called, they were qualified. They learned by following Jesus through life. His call to us when he says, follow me, is not about a list of rules of stuff we have to do or a list of stuff that we're not supposed to do anymore. It is about being with Jesus in his life. Following him, his guidance, his wisdom, following him through life. Now, follow me also, uh, the literal translation is come after me. And I think we can, we can see a few different ways we can look at come after me. The first is the level of devotion it takes. Come after me, seek me. That's a level of devotion that we have to have to follow Christ. We need to, to hear what he has to say. We need to know what he thinks. We need to have the mind of Christ, as Paul calls it. We need to, to be seeking after him. So we need to be coming after him. We also, it, it's a designator for who leads and who follows. We follow, he leads. And, and we can say with Paul, follow me as I follow Christ, but we do not lead people to Christ. Christ leads people, us to people who need to know him. We don't lead people to Christ. We're not the leader. If you hear nothing else today, <laughs> hear that. <laughs> follow me as I follow Christ. And we can also think about this in the sense of level of importance. Um, you know, Jesus said, the one who loses his life for my sake will find it. The level of importance here, we need to understand his life is greater than ours that the life he wants us to lead is, is greater than the life we want to lead. We have to surrender our desires, surrender our plans. We all have plans for our future. Follow me means putting him in charge, not just of today, but of tomorrow and the tomorrows after that. His life greater than ours. And then he says, and I will make you fish for people. Now, we may want to think of ourselves as fishers of men. But I want, you to, I want to point out again, what did he call these fishermen to be? Fishermen. I think the greater uh, view of this, I think the, the message that we need to understand is that he's not calling bus drivers to be fishermen. He's calling bus drivers to be bus drivers for Christ. He's calling fishermen to be fishermen for Christ. He's calling nurses and teachers to be nurses and teachers for Christ. He is calling you where you are because of who you are. To do ministry where you are. You are, are God's missionary sent to where you work and to where you live, the neighborhood you live in, and to where you eat at restaurants and to where you shop. You are God's missionary there. He wants to, you to show him to the world using the gifts and skills and abilities and experiences that you have been given. He wants you to be you for him. 
He's not calling us to be, all of us, to be fishers or fishermen. He is calling all of us to be who we are for him, to follow him. So what is the comfort and the challenge of these verses? The comfort of of this verse, Jesus wants to meet you where you are. He knows who you are, and he loves you anyway. (laughs) And he wants to meet you where you are. And he wants you to follow him just as you are. He is not asking you to clean yourself up first. He is not calling you to say, (coughs) excuse me, he's not calling you and telling you, well, go get a good education so that you can follow me. He simply says, come after me. Follow me. What is the challenge of this verse? Remembering who's in front. Remembering who's in charge. Remembering that we have to drop our nets. I'll say again, it, it's, it's no mistake, it's no coincidence that these are nets because our, our lives, we get caught up and we get entangled, just like it's a net. We need to drop our nets and come after Jesus. Will you do it? Will you follow him? I'm going to ask that you bow your heads for a moment. Just answer that question. Will you follow him? Maybe this morning you're understanding Jesus in a new way. And you're understanding that he's calling you to his side right now. That he he knows exactly who you are but is accepting you anyway. Maybe this morning you need to take a step of faith toward him. You can do that in a simple prayer and just say, God, I know that I have sinned in my life. I've said things wrong and I've thought things wrong and I've done things wrong. And I know the Bible calls that sin. But I trust that Jesus died on the cross to save me, that he died on the cross to save, to pay for my price for my sin. And so I ask you to forgive me because of his finished work on the cross And I commit right now to following him. If you prayed that prayer for the first time this morning, you need to let somebody know. Come and let me know. Let one of our deacons know. Elbow your neighbor and and, and let them know. I took a step of faith toward Christ today. Maybe you know Christ. But as you look over the past week or, or two weeks or month or 10 years, you realize... You have been the one in, in front. You haven't been the one following. Will you commit right now to following Jesus? To letting him lead you through this life? To dropping your nets and following him? Take a moment right now and make that commitment. Father, we thank you for this reminder that you, you are Lord, and we're not. 
We thank you for this reminder that you lead us through life. So we follow you. Help us, remind us to follow you. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This is Pastor Jim from Porter Mountain Fellowship. I want to thank you for listening to our podcast. These are sermons from our 1030 a.m. service on Sundays. If you're in the neighborhood, stop by. We're on the corner of Porter Mountain Road and Commerce Drive in beautiful Lakeside, Arizona.